Jesus, you are our only hope. You are our saviour. Without you, we are nothing. Lord, we are in need of you. What a saviour you are to us. We thank you, Jesus, that you save us from the power of sin and death, that you impart holiness to us and, and life and forgiveness and mercy. Lord, we thank you for your blood shed for us. We thank you for your body broken for us, that you, the God of heaven, the maker of heaven and earth, would step down onto this earth, become one of us and die in our place, die instead of us, that you take on our sin and shame and our ugliness and that we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your blood covers a multitude of sins, that your blood cleanses and your blood has never failed. We thank you, Jesus, for your body broken for us. We thank you for your blood shed for us. And we thank you for your invitation for us to come to you just as we are. Just as we are in our brokenness, in our weakness, knowing that your blood and your body broken are powerful, powerful. So, Lord, we come to you. And, Lord, as we come and as we... Um, Eat, eat the bread and drink the drink in your name, uh, remembering your death, your burial, your resurrection, remembering your blood cleansing Lord, we want to do business with you in this moment. So Holy Spirit, if there's any offensive way within us, if there's any sin, if there's anything, Holy Spirit, convict us, touch us, poke us, provoke provoke us, prod us, do whatever you need to do so that we get right with you in this moment. We thank you, Lord, that we can share the bread and uh, we can share the cup. And we, uh, we do it in remembrance of you. We do it proclaiming you and we do it in need of you. Yeah, Lord God, we thank you so much that we can be in your presence that we can worship you, that we can meet with you. Come and help us now. Lord, as I, as I speak, help me, help us, each one of us, including me, to listen. What, what are you wanting to say to us, Holy Spirit, through the word, through the written word, through the preached word, Lord God? Come, Holy Spirit, we pray, and help us. Amen. You know, Jesus came into this world to show us a life lived well for the glory of God, having a godly attitude in this world. So we are those who have been called out of darkness into light. We've been called out of a, a dominion of darkness, the kingdom of the devil, and brought into the kingdom of light. And Jesus shows us how to live in the light how to live a kingdom life. And he said to his followers, come and follow me. I choose you, follow me. That is what the Christian life is about. It's about following Jesus. It's about looking at Jesus, looking at what he did, looking at what he said, and then doing what he says and did. So Jesus wants to change us transform, follow me and I will make you, I will change you, I will transform you, I will shape you from a place of self 
Have you ever noticed how selfish we can be? Have you ever noticed how selfish people are in this world? That's the, the heart of sin, eye disease. It's all about me. It's what I want. And we get caught up in it. We get caught up in it, don't we? We get caught up in selfishness. And so rather than being caught up in selfishness, Jesus wants to move us into servant-heartedness, that we're about our Father's business, doing the things that he made us to do. Now, I think, for a large part, the Western church, the church in in the UK, the church in America, generalising sweeping statement, I know, but I think we've forgotten that. I think we've made Christianity churchianity, about going to church. Basically, being a part of a club, somewhere that we can belong to, be known, get to know people, and then it meets my need. It, fit, it fits with me. They do it how I want it to be done and how I like and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we, we know that the church is not a club. We know that the church is, is, is the body of Christ. It's, it's the spiritual life of Jesus on this earth. That's who we are. And so, rather than just those that come to a club, we want to be part of a spiritual community that is totally and utterly dedicated to following Jesus. You know, simply following Jesus and doing what Jesus says. Yes, Lord, whatever you say, I will do it. A life dedicated to Jesus is not going to happen if we go to a club once or twice a week. Right? The disciples were with Jesus a lot of time for three years. You know, we've got to be with Jesus and, and be with one another that we get stirred up in our faith, that we live well for Jesus. So I just I want to I want to get rid of any club mentality in me. I, I want it gone. I want to be a dedicated disciple of Jesus. Um, so I don't want us as a church to be a club. I want us to be a hot house of devotion where we can contribute our lives to serve our king and others without comparing and thinking, oh, I'm not as good as them or they're better than me or that, but just bringing who we are in Christ and the gifts that he's given to us. And so um, as a leadership team, we would love us to get thinking more about the thing we call church. You know, what is church? What is it about? Anyway, is, is our thinking right or is it wrong? So one of the things, or the main thing I want us to think about today is this, is that we are a priesthood of all believers, that we are a priest, that you are a priest, that I am a priest, that we are equal priests. Okay? There might be different gifts and abilities and strengths and stuff in people, but we're all priests. And I want to explain what, that, um, what I'm talking about. I believe it is our responsibility as a disciple of Jesus to be a priest. If you want to change it and think, oh, oh what do you mean? To be a minister, right? Now, a minister is often seen as the one person who stands up the front and does all the stuff. The church 
is a body. Everyone needs to do the stuff. Part of the reason we just experiment in putting chairs around like this. It's very difficult. How do you do stuff without there being a front? How do you do stuff without there being a mindset of a, I don't know if you, a clergy laity divide? Oh, they're the professional Christians and they're not so good Christians. How do we get over that? How do we, how do, we do that and stop elevating certain people to a certain place because they've got a platform when we are all equal priests. And so, that is what I want us to, to be and get into. So, is it God's heart? Well, if you look in the book of Exodus, right? Exodus chapter 19. So, God has rescued the people of Israel, the Jewish nation, out of slavery from Egypt. Exodus chapter 19 says this, verse 1. Uh, in the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on the very day they came to the desert of Sinai, after they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. The people of God were camped. The mountain was there. Moses, the man of God, went up the mountain. And God says to him, "'This is what you are to, the, to say to the house of Jacob.'" What you're to tell the people of Israel, okay? God's chosen people, God's called out people. This is what I want you to say to them, Moses. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, okay, verse 5. Now, if you obey... Can someone get me a drink, please? I've lost my voice. Ha! If you obey me fully... And keep, has someone got it in the Bible with them? They can read. Oh, thanks. Okay. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my most treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, thanks, Karen. This is lukewarm, so I was going to about spit it out of my mouth. Um, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You will be for me a kingdom, thank you, Dave, a, a kingdom and a holy nation. This is what you're meant to say to the Israelites. So the people of God, right early on, early doors, the heart of God is to release a people to be a kingdom of priests, a kingdom where the king rules, God's the king, rules the people, and then they are to be priests. Then then Dave, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 5 and 9 we'll look at. 1 Peter... It says, so, so in this bit, in this passage, um, 1 Peter 2, um, Peter's mixing the imageries of the church. So he says this, verse 4, As you come to him, the living stone, living stone rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, okay, so that's talking about Jesus and us, we're living stones uh, being built into a spiritual house, Okay, so the only, the only church 
the New Testament talks about is a people made of stones rather than a building. Okay? And uh, a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Everyone say holy priesthood. Holy priesthood. Okay? And then I'll let you read the rest of it. And then uh, another time. Then if you go to verse 9. Thank you, Dave. It says, but you... You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. Everyone say royal priesthood. So holy, royal, holy, different, set apart, not like the world, like God who is different. A holy priesthood and a royal priesthood, like the heart of God back when he was talking to the people of Israel, that heart of, I want you to be a kingdom of priests, God is the king who rules. If you go to Revelation, Dave, please, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. So at the beginning of the Bible, pretty much, at at the end of the Bible, it says this. So we've got the risen Jesus revealing himself to John on the Isle of Patmos, and he says this to him. So to him... Who loves us, or John said, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, we've just celebrated that, and has made us, verse 6, to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. He has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. So his Here's the truth, is that we are a priesthood of believers. Corporately, the church is a priesthood of believers. Now, a definition of the word priesthood is the office or position of a priest, the office or position of priest, so a priesthood, or uh, the whole body of priests in the service of God. So either we are those who come along to a club once a week, feel good about ourselves, get our needs met, and then carry on with life, the rest of our life, uh, basically as practical atheists, not referring or submitting ourselves to God. Or we're those that are a kingdom of priests. We're a holy people. When we're here to serve our Father our God and Father. So what are we doing with our lives? What am I doing with my life? You know, I want to say it is possible to be a church leader and still be part of a club and still live as if Jesus doesn't exist. Say the right things. It's deep down, deep down work in us that needs to transform me and transform us so that we really know that we're a priesthood of believers. So... Thank you. As a priesthood of believers, we have priestly functions. So I want to explain what our priestly functions are, and I haven't got a a clock to look at. So priestly functions. We've got priestly functions. What a privilege. Everyone say, what a privilege. What a privilege. What? We can serve our God and Father, that he, he wants us He wants to work in us and through us and use us for his glory and his purpose. And he doesn't want any of us to be missed out. Thank you, Anthony. 
Not sure how to take that, but I'm taking it in a positive way. No, thank you. <laughs> so, first is, what is the function of a priest? The first function of the priest is to minister to God, to serve God, to worship God. Worship, not just singing songs, but the whole of our lives given as a spiritual sacrifice to God. So, presenting ourselves to God is a function right, of a priest. I present myself to God. That means I need to get my heart examined. I need to know that if there's any offensive way, if there's any sin, I need to forget it get it sorted out. If there's any demonic stronghold in my life, I need to get it sorted out. I need to get right with God. So I present myself to God and his presence and I say, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. So it's about relationship. My first and foremost, the most important is that relationship, that we don't just talk about a relationship with God, but we have a relationship with God, a relationship of intimacy. So it takes time and effort, honesty, openness. Into me see. Examine my heart, God. Oh, and it's a scary thing, but it's a liberating thing freeing thing and it's a hard work thing as well it's heart surgery but it is our call of a priest to get right before God so that the priest can get on and do the other works as well so what a privilege to get right with God really right and really free and you know I think that often we don't do enough work because it's too difficult and we back away from it but we need to so Conviction of sin. Convict me of my sin. Help me to confess my sin. Help me to receive the forgiveness that I need to apply the grace of God and the blood of Jesus to my lives. Help me get right with God. Help me to repent, to change my mind about the thing that you're pointing out and to agree with you, God. It's tough. And then... Once we're right, we can really minister to God. We can then love him. We can then worship him with spiritual sacrifices, with thanksgiving and praise and worship songs and adoration and acts. And as Romans 12 says, that we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to our God. It involves our time. Our finances. Have you ever thought about your finances, your money, as a spiritual sacrifice, as an offering unto God? It's a function of a priest to give to God, to be generous to God, to waste stuff. hope you get what I'm saying, to waste stuff on God because he's worth it. So the function of a priest is to worship God, no matter how you feel, no matter how life is going, no matter if you haven't got the prayers answered that you want, he hasn't come through, he hasn't worked out like you want, so what? He is worthy of our worship, and the function of our priest is to worship him no matter what. So we worship God. So we present, first function, we present ourselves to God. Second function is that we present other people to God. We present other people. We bring, in prayer, we bring other people to God. We stand in the gap between heaven and earth, we, and we can operate in both places. Yeah? 
in the heavenly realms, in the natural realm. And it's like we go in to heaven, Lord, Lord, do you know about this situation? Do you know about this person? Do you know about this lost person? Do you know about what needs to be done? Oh, God, and we, we oh, wrestle with Helen. Uh, he- Helen? Oh, that was a slip. <laughs> wow. Bless you, love. If for those who don't know, Helen's my wife. And I'm, I'm probably in trouble. We wrestle with heaven. And then we, we come to, to earth and it's like we, somehow we, we just win that gap. God, bring heaven down. Bring heaven. Earth to heaven. Bring heaven down. Earth to heaven. That is a role and function of a priest in prayer, but also physically. And I'm not, I, I was struggling. How do I, I don't know. How do I uh, get this? But, you know, there are times when you just go to someone and you make the difference. You're not saying anything, you're not doing it, but you're there. You're just there. You're, you're in the gap between heaven and earth, and you're there. It's an act of intercession. There are things that we do by faith that we get the nod from heaven. We just, I'm not quite sure why I'm doing this, but we're just going to do it because we think it's the right thing to do. And so it's more than... I'm not, our actions are prayers, okay? But it's, it's tied up in that. So we present ourselves to God. We worship God. We present others to God in intercession. Yeah, um, heaven and earth, right? Intercession. And then we present God to others. We present God to others. Did you hear me? That we, us, are to go and live an example and reveal God to other people, to give people a glimpse of heaven and good living. That's what we're to do as priests. We're to reveal and show off God. You know, passage didn't read that Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the great high priest. You know, when, we, when I'm saying all this stuff, think about Jesus. Think about what Jesus has done. He, he has done all of this, and in part, he's still doing it. He still makes intercession for us. So we're joining with our Jesus. We're looking at what he's done, what he's doing, and we're following him. We're copying him. So we represent God to others. That is our witness. We live that example. We are God's representative on earth. As a priest, I am an ambassador of heaven, an ambassador of Jesus on this earth. I'm bringing the kingdom of God to earth. That is why we're to bring the God's presence wherever we go. So if we're meant to be a presence carrier, glory carrier, hang on, how do we get that? Oh yeah, we're living stones. We're a spiritual temple in which God lives by his spirit. We're no longer our own. We've been bought at a price. We are the tabernacle of God on earth. So if people want to know what God's like, they can look at us. That's, that is the goal. That, now, often we go, oh, don't look at me. Look at Jesus. No, no, I'm just a signpost. Quickly take your eyes off me and look at Jesus. Get out claws. The apostle Paul says, follow me. Look at me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Whoa. Whoa. Flip. But that is what... He wants us as priests to be those that present ourselves to God, that stand in the gap and present people to God, and then for us to represent God to other people. 